Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm SD Wickets and I'm joined by uh, Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? I'm very well. J- just the two of us this evening, unfortunately. But I'm sure we can carry the boat. Mr. Lagos is uh, otherwise engaged. Um, and it's the first episode of the, the new year. Um, so, Happy New Year to you, Luke. Happy New Year. Or well, Merry New Year, as trading places puts it. We've, uh, we, we've both been to the uh, football today and uh, had mixed results. Um, it was a good day for me, bad day for you. The less we speak about it, the better. <laughs> so it's it's one of those weeks where not much has happened and then all of a sudden a couple of not necessarily big but quite funny stories have emerged. Um, and we'll, we'll start with the first, which is uh, the new, new-ish Prime Minister... Uh, Rishi Sunak, um, you know, the, uh, the the golden sax manlet, um, has pretty much done what we thought we'd do and just, you know, announce a bunch of fairly pointless policies uh, or just performative policies. Um, the first one of note is the idea of making maths compulsory up until the age of 18, which if you look at, you know, the issues facing British ed- education is effectively a fart in the wind. Um it, it it just comes down to a matter of aptitude, right? I mean, like, I didn't do maths after secondary school. So the last time I had a maths lesson was in 2012 when I was 15 years old. And my maths is fine. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, remember all the, uh, the the sort of the the jokes that we used to say growing up? Because, I mean, my last maths lesson was, you know, GCC in about 2015, I think. And we all quit saying, when are we ever going to use this in adult life? And we never do. Because number one, Pythagoras' theorem is not needed for 99.9% of jobs. And uh, number two, computers do it for us anyways. Mm. Mm. And uh, it's just, again, like all the other policies, I think we're going to briefly cull through. It's just performative. Oh, teacher maths. I mean, that that was sort of the policy when I was doing A-levels. They wanted to shove equations in, into more subjects that didn't deserve it. I mean, look, the only thing that, you, that, that really sticks with you, whatever you do in life, is mental arithmetic, which, again, it just, just comes down to, like, natural aptitude, you know. Um, I, I, again, I haven't done a math lesson in 10 years. Um, and my mental math is, is, is just, it's, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, you know it's it's extremely pointless policy. Um, yeah, minus one, you, you hand over a tenner at the till, uh, and you know without looking at it what change you expect to get. <laughs> that's that that's the math you're going to use in adult life, and yeah. sticking numbers on a lottery ticket. That that's the limit. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. So we've already sort of put a put a pin in that. Then um, uh, outside of that, Sunak has made uh, five. Uh, pledge i think we should just pretty skirt around before we move on to uh the real sort of comedic story of the week um uh, we, we can sort of go through them just sort of skim through them we've got the, no, number one is inflation the, the plan being to uh halve inflation um which uh you know um stop printing money um well my main go back to the gold oh, standard that uh, <laughs> they've melted all the gold, damn you, FDR. But um, my main point on any government, not just Sunak, but any, even if it was a government that came to power uh, on a tidal wave of resentment, agreed with everything we said and was ruthless enough to put it right, they really could could not stop the economic calamity that is here and is coming. The, the events 
are, are outside of the UK's control, no matter how strong yeah. it thinks it is. Um, you got Ukraine, which of course affects food and um, energy supply. Uh, of course, the world was shut down for two years on end, yeah. affecting international trade, and our island is dependent on its goods and services. China is still, well, was up until about a couple of months ago practicing zero COVID, which shut down the ports of Shanghai. So, and once this is in motion, it's very hard to stop it. And as the 2008 proved, if you shove a bunch of money on it, that, that, that will just go to the banks. Yeah. That, that won't really filter down to the ordinary person. Yeah, I mean, their job. that's the thing, isn't it? So we're sort of pontificating about um, sort of a national economy in an internationalist economy. Um, he said, you know, it is effectively out of our hands. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, anyway, so that's number one, inflation. Uh, next thing is, again, is growing the economy. Again, it's another one of those things where when I'm looking at this list, he's saying, you know, this is what we're going to do. Oh, how are you going to do it? It, it, It's in the words of the modern Tory party, growing the economy is basically, okay. how can we shove more worker bees into London and filter them around through these um, financial pseudo industries? They're not going to grow the economy by uh, re-industrializing the north, Mm. putting better infrastructure in the southwest or, or the northeast that desperately need it or training children not just in maths but um just wider subjects or um trades remember them just trades that are useful plumbers electricians no i don't believe the economy will grow for a moment again so this is what you're saying you're saying you know this would you're saying deliver greater investment in local areas boost growth and create jobs. like what does that mean like um it sounds pleasant but like again like what does it mean um yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. people only really expect of their local areas their local governments to um take the bins away and, mm. and find litters litterers although that never happens mm. and uh, i mean why doesn't care about the surrounding nation they have no reason to that their, their voting base is in the home counties yeah yeah. And the voting base isn't dependent on a growing economy. The people yeah. that are most likely to benefit from a growing economy, you know, young, homeless, overqualified youths, they don't vote Tory. It's it's the older generations who do, who already own their own homes and have a, have a, a good pension. I would add to that, that, you know, the Tories could probably deliver full employment, boost the GDP per capita by, like, you know, 200%. And that that co- that cohort probably still wouldn't vote Tory. It's entirely cultural, yeah. you know. Um, let me, so I'm looking at, you know, so of the list, right, and four of the five things, which are, which are inflation, growing the economy, national debt falling and the health service, they're all a- a- ignoring the elephant in the room, which is that comparatively, you know, compared to w- what we once were and compared to the continent and, you know, the Americas, Britain is a poor country now. Britain is a poor country that is uh, kept afloat by a completely arbitrary GDP, which you know is is in the top ten purely because of you know London-based speculation. Um, we don't have companies in the you know top hundred by market cap, and the ones the ones we do or did are now owned by foreign conglomerates. Um, it, 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 Britain's a poor country. 
Yeah, well, well it, it's not just a, a poor country. Uh, poor countries can improve themselves. What makes Britain very sclerotic is that, it, as, as, I, as I mentioned previously, it's out of Britain's hands. We are dependent, mm. and we're particularly dependent on those who probably wouldn't want to see us very successful. Mm-hmm. For a multitude of reasons, right? I mean, there are... Yeah. I mean, every nation has, has its own uh, imperative. I, I mean, yeah. the US doesn't really want a strong Europe, hence why it, mm. not to be conspiratorial, but blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. <laughs> they, so, they so did. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are those who who for a very long time didn't want UK to do well financially because it undermined their view of Brexit, right? As being yeah. you know, the sky falling in. They, they're people who actively didn't want Britain to do well. I mean, uh, that still trends on Twitter to this day. Hashtag, you know, Brexit fail. Hashtag Brexit is a disaster. Sure, yeah, sure, hashtag sure. F-U-K semicolon P or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the, the fourth point is the, the health service, right? Um, I, I honestly believe you, you could throw a trillion pounds at the NHS and it would still be a crap health service. The NHS is just a bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, back, back 50 years ago, it was literally just doctors and maybe an overseer of the facilities. Now it's just, I don't have the exact ratio in front of me, but my guess is for every frontline nurse, there's two backroom pencil pushers talking about well, where we're going to source the sandwiches from. How are we going to, what what new curtains shall, shall we put? How many, you, you know, blacks or gays shall we get on our new Yeah, They're asking. Add to that, you know, equity officers who are on, you know, £120,000 a year. You know, that's the yeah. salary of two doctors and three nurses. Yeah, and add to that as well. Um, there's half a million people arriving in this country a year, which is, I mean, we compare this to D-Day and the Norman invasion and the Spanish Armada, but per month, it's all of them put together. Mm-hmm. And then, the, which leads us nicely into the fifth point, which is illegal immigration. Um, now, again, you, again, it's one of the things where, you know, oh, great, yeah, yeah, it's, you're talking about the, you know, small boat crossings, but that doesn't change the fact that the UK British government handed out a million visas last year. That's not illegal immigration. It, it hands out thousands and thousands and thousands of visas to foreign students to go to universities because they pay about 30k up front. And that, that's why we see major housing shortages in, in um, student towns that previously weren't there five years ago. Mm. And, of course, the, the Tory government doesn't have any incentive to reduce immigration. Immigration is good. It raises it raises GDP. And there are partial diversities now. So, you know, more takeaways for us, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's almost like you're like we've been given a choice. Well, do you want economic growth or do you want a functioning social fabric? You know, do you want green light to go up or, or do you want to um, feel safe walking at night? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's it's just, it's empty. It's completely empty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, it, <laughs> interestingly, so I, I'm, reading, I'm reading an article here from The Guardian, and the quote is, um, the PM's proposal to remove anyone who arrives in the UK on a small boat will, in fact, simply leave thousands of men, women, and children in limbo. Men. 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 And not in limbo in northern France. No, men, men in their 20s. Men, f- fighting age men from North Africa, the Middle East, and Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, who um, 
weren't even in limbo to start with. They came from not granted prosperous countries, but safe areas. Again, you, we don't live in a particularly prosperous country. At least, at least, not, at least not for us, you know. No, again, yeah, it's 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 a it's a complete mess, and and ultimately, I I don't have any faith in Sunak to um to do anything meaningful here. I mean, even like you know, he's 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 managed to put Suella Braveman back in or Brittany Patel, and I think that's quite an interesting tangent there to go on to is how the Tories almost get around their neurosis around the immigration issue by using you know people from the Indian subcontinent as as the mouthpieces for it you know it's almost like you know Patel and Braveman can say what Sir Graham Brady can't yeah but then again the the, the Tories detractors really do not care I, I mean Prish Patel is disliked by the uh, the, the usual suspects despite her uh, my guess approving skin tone mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah the, ideology uh, of these people yeah, the civil service hater. Um, well, I mean, I think that's all we can really extract from the Sunak pledge thing. Um, what <laughs> what we should probably go into now is um, the frankly bizarre set of statements made by um, uh, His Royal Highness Prince Harry. The ginger who would be king. Yeah. yeah um, again, frankly bizarre i mean i'm looking at a list of headlines here um and the first thing i'm seeing is uh he had penile frostbite during prince william's wedding whatever that may be um his fi- you know frostbite is what the fighters of stalingrad got. <laughs> <laughs> uh king charles making a joke about him not being harry's real father um Harry uh, allegedly, allegedly uh, taking a bunch of drugs, including uh, psilocybin, cannabis, and cocaine, uh, after which he saw the truth, in quotes. Um, a, just a, a, again, a frankly bizarre account of his first sexual experience. And what is probably has the most fodder to it is Harry apparently um, killing 25 Taliban. Which we were saying before we recorded is dubious to say the least, um, considering that. So, like, was was he in a modern warfare too lobby? <laughs> considering <laughs> that at the time of his military service, um, this was before um, Prince William had uh, issue, um, so he was third in line to the throne. But if if we t- if we take that, uh, say Harry is, was the top fighter amongst them all. And, and say uh, all his compadres got about 15 to 20 each. Okay, so um, each British soldier we send over there is killing on average about 12 to 15 members of the Taliban. There would be no one left in Afghanistan mm. if that was happening. Uh, I mean, I remember saying to you before we, uh, we started recording, Prince Harry with, with his new memoirs or whatever, he, he just sounds like the, the plot of a side character in Grand Theft Auto. He's, you know, he, he's on this many narcotics and he shags a woman behind a pub, and then you get in a car with him, and he takes you to a, a place where there's a shootout between Taliban members, then he swoops into Hollywood and picks up a missus, and then he fights with his brother, and... Yeah. I just, I just don't... The, the, the mo- it's, it's attention, that's it. It's Okay, see, the first questions I, I had was, why is he saying all of this? Is he trying to appear to be based? Is he, is he you know... 
he's just trying to go, oh yeah, oh good old Harry, you know, he he he's not a cuck. He's uh, he's actually a a gun toting, pot smoking, granny shagging, debonair prince. <laughs> Like it, it, it does, it does baffle me why he's saying all of this. Like none of this reflects well on him at all. I think we got to look at Lady Macbeth in this. Got to look at Megan, who um, reason for leaving the UK is because of you know how harsh the the Daily Mail and the Sun are to her. Well, how harsh they are to everyone. But you know, CNN and MSNBC are even more partisan than the UK press. That's besides the point because they're her friends. And yeah, this this is all about you know the Meghan and Harry brand after wanting their privacy and signing multi million dollar deals with Spotify and Netflix, mm-hmm. just to keep their name in the media. Because mm-hmm. wasn't there a, a a book pioneered by Meghan that was ghost written by this activist? I think that hit the shelves about I don't know a year ago. And uh, this is this is yeah, I think there was. But this is just their um another round of keeping their names in the headlines. But the thing is, this, this seems to be particularly bereft of Megan's influence. Like, I mean, everything else, like, you know, take the Oprah Winfrey interview or the, or the Netflix documentary um, or any, anything like, like that. You, you can see what's happened. You know, you can see that, you know, um, things are never truly abolished. They're just replaced. You know, the, you know, the, the, the Soviet commissar just became the new czar. Um, and in this situation, it's you know it's it's the new aristocracy that that of, that that of celebrity, you know, uh, trying to take out the old one, the legitimate aristocracy. Mm. Um, so that that's you know that's what you see plain as day when you know the when you know um, they accuse the family of, of being racist, or when you have that you know sister space woman, you know. Um, accusing a senior royal aide of you know racist uh, indiscretions you know like it's clear that that's what they're trying to do you know, with, with the Oprah interview firstly what they were doing is they were sounding the battle cry for the American liberal mono, liberal monoculture to wage war on the British monarchy which was going to happen once Elizabeth died and you know the family seems to have fallen at every hurdle so far um but again with this latest spate of things I, I, I like it doesn't reflect badly on the monarchy you know um it just makes harry look, look insane yeah and i'm not really yeah i can't wrap my head around why he would say i was snorting coke and then shagging grannies and maybe <laughs> wayne rooney or something or uh, yeah it, it, it's bizarre at this instant i can't quite put my finger on it i don't think there's really any rational notice behind it apart attention grabbing because mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really discredit William, does it? He threw a pansy to the ground, or even, or or even this this gun tooting Taliban murderer. Yeah, I mean, it, it again. I'm reading here that apparently, you know, Harry's Harry's books that William threw him into a dog food bowl and, and snapped off his necklace. Um, it I. Just makes me kind of sad. Yeah, what, what, what context were happening? Were, were, were they in some secret club in Ibiza drinking God knows what? And as, <laughs> as a dare, one of Will's buddies say, Oh, well, but you could, but you can make your brother lick that dog bowl. Or, yeah, so, I think, yeah, I thought Sunak's pledge is rod. That's 
really good. Yeah. It's 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 a shame to see because you know the, the 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 nucleus of this does clearly come from Meghan. She's clearly come in. Prince, Prince Harry used to be the the second most popular royal after the Queen. Yeah, people people liked him. Yeah, I, I he was in high regard. I mean, this may just reflect on the time it happened, but like there wasn't that much backlash around the whole like Nazi costume thing. You know, no, because. Well, people then realised that a joke was a joke, of course. Yeah, people realised, you know... That, it, yeah. was, it was fun. Yeah, people realised that, you know, toffs play close to the edge. Yeah. That's just, yeah, that's, that's just the matter of it, you know. Um, he was very popular. And even, like, you know, he, he messed up in the past, you know. He, he had that whole thing with... Um, uh, he was he was videotaped um, swimming naked at a pool party in Los Angeles with Ryan Lochte, who was a... A former Olympian uh, swimmer, um, himself a, a blithering moron as well. Um, yeah, and none, none of it really stuck. It, it it just became when it was very clear that Harry was, or either by his own or under duress, was significantly undermining the actual institution institution of of the of the royal family, and yeah. knowingly causing it harm. Yeah. Um, that's that that that's that's when there gets real backlash, you know. Because I mean, again, assuming that you know he's just a, you know, he's he's a prince who probably knows he'll he'll never become king, just having fun, right? Like that's th- th- there's some charm in that, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's now I I I just simply don't see every back. I mean, if this book is as you know as much of a "Quote unquote bombshell" as people are claiming it to be, then then that's it. That's his bridge ban. Yeah. Although, regardless of whether it's any bombshell reports or accusations or not, it's going to be what Trump describes as a complete nothing burger. Either way, it's going to drop. The New York Times is going to do a book review of it. Then it's going to disappear into the ether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we think we, we may have just found the uh, the title uh, of this week's episode: uh, "A Complete Nothing Burger." Yeah, that that sounds right for a um for early January. <laughs> Everything feels a bit dilapidated. It does, it does, and and honestly, I I I think I think we'll uh we'll call time there for this week. It it is just one of those uh, unfortunate early early in the year sort of bereft of any meaningful news stories. But um, I hope we we've, we've uh made you laugh and, and made you think a little bit, despite the uh, complete nothing burger of of the week's events. Um. Well, until next week, uh, I've been Esty Wicket. That's been Luke Perry. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers.